five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Flame, the hottest podcast on the internet. All right, Masaki Miyagawa, this is what you get here. You, I mean, you're going to get full-on, real-time reportage like that because that's how we roll, right? Um, so thanks again, Masaki. We're waiting for Squirrel here. So, Squirrel, if you are listening, I sent you a link. And uh, Squirrel is going to be talking about biochar because we're in Taurus. We're still in Taurus season. So, I wanted to bring some people on today that could talk about the material world and how there are things that we can do in the material world that can help us, right? That they, that there are there are things that are providential if we understand how to work with the material. And biochar is a, a really important component to all of this. You may ask, what is biochar? Well, we're going to bring Jenna on, aka Squirrel, to find out. Here she is. Hey, Jenna, are you there? Are you there? Hey. All right. You got your camera on. Do you want to go camera? There you are. Yeah. There yeah. she is. What's going Hi. on? What's going on? How are you? Great. Welcome to the show. Thanks. You're I welcome. think uh, the talk about um, Bitcoin and bank vault makes me think of the bank vault of the soil. And um, that leads perfectly into my conversation about biochar and the importance of carbon. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that a lot of the terms of, you know, the collapse coming on bring my mind back to all the reading I've done about the dust ball, the dust recovery and the understanding of how depleted our soils are. Right. So it, it, it's a great, day to talk about biochar and the secret of terra preta i i heard the the term terra luna and uh terra preta is the dark earth story and uh there's a great documentary from the bbc the secret of el dorado the story of terra preta and what they discovered in the amazon and the dark earth that revealed that in ancient civilization they were utilizing charcoal for their agriculture and currently today, we see that there's a carbon credit market. There is a, a price put on carbon 
and in it, it's exchanged just like Bitcoin is exchanged. It's monetized, it's digitized, <clears throat> and bringing it to a simple uh, person that loves to garden and all of the practice that we have uh, put into improving soil to make nutrient-dense foods because soils are depleted around the world through uh, for a variety of reasons. But making closed-loop systems is what I'd like to share because there are so many... Oh, go ahead. No, I said okay. You, you, the, so just to let people know, this is... Um, Squirrel, S-Q-S-Q-I-R-L in chat. Uh, so you'll, you'll, you'll know her by Squirrel. Here you can read her name as Jenna. It's her alter ego. And yes. she's been wanting to talk about biochar for quite a while. And we were just waiting for the right day and the right time. And here it is. So let's get into yeah. it. Let's get into it. Where's yours? Okay. Well, first of all, biochar is calcified carbon. And there's a warbin, but carbon is essential for all plants to grow. So the combination of carbon and oxygen is the fine combination that grows healthy plants. There's a lot more to it, but what we've found by repurposing bio waste, by burning it, heating it, denying it oxygen, we can make charcoal at home. And that has been an element to remediate our soil through amend through uh, adding well, first of all, we we did do soil analysis. I really got into the the science behind what's going on down there, what grows healthy food, because I've always had a garden and I've failed a lot, and it is a lot of hard work, but I'm really interested in it. Everyone loves a bonfire, and we live semi rural outside of Olympia, so it's a neighborhood community, pretty large parcels of acreage for for each resident um, we're caretakers so typically we are removing a lot of biomass we're in a temperate rainforest trees fall over trees are dying there's a lot of die-off happening and there's always a, a risk of a wildfire people and especially on the west coast so, you know, I think that talking about biochar and ways of reducing uh, wildfire risk is some, a small aspect of what people can protect themselves. And it's a twofer. You can actually gain by making biochar out of bio waste. I, I even have systems to uh, like in my kitchen, I can make biochar out of pistachio shells, out of pits, I can, out of um, waste in the garden, all of these things I set aside and I don't look at as waste anymore. I says fuel to make biochar. So calcified carbon is stable and it serves as like a giant magnet in the soil. It's the master magnet. All of the negative and positive uh, cation exchanges happening in the soil in a garden system, they rely on carbon to stabilize all of the movement and balance itself out. So how carbon is working in our garden is that we're using it to break up the clay that we have. There's a variety of different soils and it dependent on where you live in bioregion. 
So we get a soil analysis. We see what minerals were lacking. NPK fertilizing, those chemical salts destroy the life in uh, agricultural land. That's been happening for a very long time. And the economy has been controlled and farm parity, the price on crops, what farmers get have brought it to uh, mass ag farmers letting go of the nature of true soil science, which was well studied after the Dust Bowl. Mm -hmm. Cornell University in 1940 set up a special laboratory to study soil health, knowing that it directly relates to the health of the people. They've known this for a long time, and yet it's a controlled system, and it's controlling the health of the population and the dependency on pharmaceuticals. It's just like chemical fertilizers. They're bad. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So, the yeah, and with the added socialization of food systems, USDA, uh, the Forest Service, the conservation corps that Roosevelt started. It removed people from taking that responsibility to understand or know what, what to do. Food was cheap in the stores. It was easier to do that. Right. You know, a hundred, a hundred years ago, 80% of the population all had backyard gardens and that's reduced now to, you know, people are so busy. It, it takes time, focus, patience, energy, and it is work. And, it, it, and without understanding the nature of soils and what it needs, I think there could be a lot of failures. People give up. So yep. it, it isn't easy. It isn't easy. But <clears throat> biochar can create an economy. And that's because we're repurposing what other people would look like as waste just get rid of it. We've done landscaping. We've, uh, Brian has done tree work for like 30 years. So taking down a whole tree, what do you do with it? Right. So that's where we've learned different ways to um, not only make biochar from like all the tree debris, we can bring it instead of just burn it into a brush pile and make a lot of ash. It's simply quenching the fire. Right. That it, it's not rocket science. And there are kilns for backyards, for urban people to that give off less CO2, less smoke. There are innovations around the world because people are recognizing carbon is necessary to put in the garden soil. Um, with the tests that I've done, the soil analysis over the past 12 years, I've learned that through this mineral balance, it has reduced the aluminum toxicity level and wherever that aluminum is coming from, mineral balance and the mica are doing the work. So it's through balance mineralization, just like in our bodies, the trace elements, the trace minerals that we all require, selenium, the boron, the manganese, iron, all of those things each garden plot will will need a little bit of tweaking but over the past 12 years i've i i've had to purchase less minerals because i'm realizing that carbon in there is holding on mm -hmm. and the, the secret of terra preta down in south america it's like 1500 years 
or it was in the 1500s that this civilization existed. And to this day, the areas of agriculture they were cultivate, cultivating, all of the life in the soils are still producing. It's being actually mined off and marketed locally because the, the life is, is uh, still held in all of the charcoal that was used. Interesting. I think it is interesting. Um, just recently, we, we uh, saw this video on the scorched earth theory that was revealing in all these different parts of the world that there must have been some catastrophic fires that buried Roman civilization, like they've mined beneath all of this. Well, we, black we, th we think it might, we think it might be Roman civilization. Coins, right? Yeah, it 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 could have been related to Tartaria, exactly. For that matter, yeah. But the timeline, this uh, documentary, I did put it in the chat a couple minutes ago. Scorched Earth. He was saying his timeline assesses that Terra Preta and also Serbia, and also like Viking, what, what was that? Um, I forgot the name of it, but a, a, a Viking site where they were, they found ships underneath this black soil. They knew it wasn't agriculture because they found ships and all these coins and artifacts. I did think that was interesting. Let me ask you a question. Let's, cause I, I've got you till about uh, 125 my time. Well, cause I've got okay. another, another guest coming on. So what I'd love to yeah. do is have you just talk people through how you go about actually creating biochar. Oh, sure. Yeah. Optimum conditions would be that we have cured dry biomass. So in the past, we've taken down a tree and asked a property owner with acreage if we could just stack it up on some logs up off the ground and cover it with plastic for a couple months because it was a huge it was a big cherry tree lots of branches and they agreed so it was right next to the fire department too so we invited them over to watch the, the char burn we wanted to put on a demonstration at the fire department so that we could promote this is what people can do because everybody brush it, burns their brush out here Right. So after after it's dried and cured, it goes really fast. And in I, I do have a YouTube channel. They're they're crappy videos, but we have a Indonesian trough, which is a steel trough that has an angle to it that creates airflow that brings the air. The oxygen goes to the top of the flame, leaving the charcoal. So as we build up the fire the charcoal remains at the bottom and then mm -hmm. we can extinguish it in this tub. So um, that's how, that's how we did that burn. I mean, we, we've done a lot of different types, but that one, we just loaded up this bin, but I've seen a skill cult on YouTube and also David the good on YouTube de demonstrate how they make biochar right on the ground. So doing a ground fire and just having a hose at the ready, if right. it's all dry, it, it can all go up really quick. And right. as you see it starting to turn to ash, you extinguish it completely. So it's kind of and like when, you, when, you're, when you're barbecuing and you start to see the coals get gray, right? That's when you yeah. want to want to hit it. So uh, from start to finish, and I know it depends on the mass, but from start to right. finish, um, your, your, your average biochar 
conversion? How long does that take you? That's not including putting it under wraps so it can cure. Like when the flame hits it to the time you hit it with the hose, how long average would it take? For a whole tree, about uh, four to five hours. Okay. Because we're just loading and loading. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a day's work for sure. Yeah. It's a focused, we're going to make biochar. This is what we're doing. And then from that point, we're still not done because um, opening up all the pores of the charcoal allows more stuff to get in that you want to put in your garden soil. So that's where the inoculation occurs. So we have like a little uh, chipper mm-hmm. and all of that wet biochar because we, we extinguish it all. It's all moist. It goes through the chipper and then it's micronized to like rice size pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's where we'll throw it then in our compost. But other people, we can also experiment and do like tea concoctions to inoculate it, put what we want in there and then put that into the garden soil. And uh, so there's four M's that I use. We first uh, moisten, micronize, microbialize and mineralize because really that's the goal of wanting at the plant roots. So uh, from there, we're tilling it into the garden. So really, it, it doesn't take that long. Uh, it, you have to be patient until the wood cures. That takes a little bit of time. But if you're doing this on a semi-regular basis, you would have different stacks ready to go at different times. So you could have one stack kind of close, another stack ready, and another stack maybe in the heavy curing phase, you can just kind of rotate these things and you could be fully up to speed with biochar. Um, right. Okay. So we know that it's got great property for the soil. Yeah. Right? And what kind of, kind of difference in yield have you seen when you re- apply the biochar into your gardening? I have had uh, incredible uh, results one year when we inoculated and used like a sea mineral slurry, incredible. Um, I had overabundance. I ended up selling like 150 pounds of winter squash and pumpkins wow. down at the gas station. It was just like, wow. I, that's um, my video is biochar garden tour 2019. Okay. And you can see like the size of our garden, um, my worm bins, because that's another great easy way to get rid of your coffee grounds and kitchen scraps in a box with worms because their leachate has a lot of microbial bacteria that is very helpful in the garden. So it's a system that works for me uh, because, you you know, an open compost draws rats and mice. We don't want that. So really our compost system at the garden is basically grass clippings, leaves, just like you know, brush from around the, around the property yep. or uh, yeah, those sort of things. Cause you know, that's natural and it doesn't attract rats or mice. It, I, go ahead. Well, I, I, I did want to, I did want to mention that people that don't have access to water, wherever they're having a burn, mm-hmm. they can bury it. We've seen trench systems, snow, is another way to put out fire. You know, there. this is for the courageous that wanted, want to work with fire. But 
at the same time, it can become a neighborhood system, you know, where that's when people get together and have a burn together. Right. Uh, a designated area, people have their trailers, they bring it all in, they have a burn, everybody leaves with biochar. And we're, we're in Jupiter and Aries, so fire is pretty prevalent uh, in, in terms of its astrological expression, true node in Taurus, which is earth mass and earth matter. So astrologically, this might be the time to get into biochar. You know, we have uh, this big issue going on right now with the fertilizers that are being essentially blocked by the Biden administration we know this, right? And, and these fertilizer manufacturers are being told that they can't ship it, you know, and we tend to look at this as, you know, well, this is a terrible thing, right? It's a terrible thing. Well, that fertilizer goes into, you know, these massive farms where they, they create massive amounts of food, most of which is genetically modified. So we have an opportunity now if we need fertilizer and let's say it's on a community level, here comes biochar to the rescue. You know, we can create our own fertilizer. We don't need this ammoniated stuff, which is the, the byproduct of some other industrial processing, which we don't even want to get into right now. But um, speak to that a little bit, how this is really the potential for people to have a DIY kind of approach to where we are with our, our gardens, both personally and yeah. like a community garden. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, first of all, I do want to give warnings out there that people that are building their compost and bringing things like bringing things onto their site, like manures or hay or straw, grazon is another chemical that's insidious and can destroy gardens. So that's why we've been closed loop. Everything right here, keep it all in and build soil with what we've got. And there's time and labor, but it's all available. So biochar itself, it helps to have it amended, but skill cult down in California, he's like, I don't inoculate it. I throw it in there. Photosynthesis, the plants cation exchange at the root level basically will build. And over time it inoculates itself. The microbes move in anyway like their little apartment complexes. So closed loop systems can be done and also an economy out of it. You know, the neighbor down the road is an elderly lady. She can't cut her lawn. That grass, if you know she's not spraying, that can be taken home and put in your compost. It's like, it's a twofer. These can create different ways to help each other trade um, you know, the neighbor across the street isn't using a 20 foot by 20 foot area. Can I fence that in, grow some vegetables here? I'll give you some surplus. This can be a, a unit of exchange. And also the biochar is just a systems management with knowing a little bit more and educating others on, you know, repurposing yeast. Because, you know, people have those, those bins that they put out by the road to, re to remove all that. And that's fuel. You know, I, I, we don't go after other people's waste, but if we're asked or, or hired to do something like that, it's, it's a, it's a, everybody wins. They're happy that it got removed. They're tidying up and we're able to utilize it in the garden soil. 
-hmm. So here, here we have a bag of biochar. It's uh, $30. Uh, you can get it at Home Depot, the Bill Club, and it looks like it's $43 at Walmart. It fits the same size. Uh, so there's the potential here for people, if they're really smart, like you guys are, and you can figure out where you're going to get your mass from, that you may actually be able to do a little cottage industry around this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tradable commodity. People that don't have the time of it. We've mailed biochar to a couple of different places across the country in, in trade because um, it's fun. I mean, it, it makes it more of an enrichment of putting this much attention towards what? Nutrient-dense vegetables. Why not? Right. Um, I do, I do want to add in, there was um, an educator down in Oregon, Ken, Ken Carloni. And he does biochar in the forest down there. And he's like, no inoculation. They just make it and drop it. Uh, and he's making it out of green wood. Mm. We have done that also. There's more smoke. You, I mean, you don't have to completely cure your wood. It's the fastest. It burns right away. But right. it can be done out of anything. Mm -hmm. The blackberries go in, you know, every, anything. And, it, and we have made, it was a whole willow tree that fell over. It was green and it burned real quick and it made quite a biochar. We split it. Oh, yes, that's right. We did split it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is a great idea. And it's one of those things. It's like an economy that's right out there. It's right out your front door, just hanging out and with a little bit of effort. And a little bit of planning and some attention to detail, you can get all sorts of benefits out of this for your own personal yeah. garden. You can trade it out, you can sell it, and it connects you into the cycle of uh, the cycle of life. And really, if we're looking at it astrologically, with the true node in Taurus, this is what we're doing here because Scorpio is transformative, right? This is what Scorpio does. So you're transforming this one thing to another state. So, I mean, this is your perfect kind of alchemy for the nodal axis that we're in right and it also cleans the water we've seen systems with it's just biochar and sand mm -hmm. there are uh different uh i think in port townsend they were cleaning storm water with biochar so we haven't done that experiment but i do want to do it um you know take some gross pond water and right. put it through a five gallon bucket of sand and and charcoal and I also bought a book, uh, charcoalremedies.com, and there's a bunch of ways to uh, uh, use it internally mm -hmm. and for poultices because it draws out the nature of carbon. It absorbs to toxins just like clay. Right. Um, yeah. So it's not bad to keep that, you know, in the medicine cabinet. Yeah. Toothaches yeah. in a tea bag. Right. So there's there's a whole space here where if you have any kind of curiosity and just dive in like what what can you do with this right we know the baseline stuff but i'm sure there's some booker t washington's out there that uh could really push the envelope with with biochar and its its variants why don't you give uh, people your your youtube channel again and any other resources that you want to share oh well sure my youtube channel is a squirrel S-Q-I-R-L on YouTube, a squirrel. Um, and then also I started co-hosting on uh, Bridget's Well, 
the nature, uh, the healing elements of life on Revolution Radio Studio B Sundays. Oh, cool. 11 a.m. to 1. Yeah. Pacific. 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 Yes. We'll put put those links in the show notes, too, after after we do this. Okay. Great. So Um, I have a friend coming on here in about uh, 10 minutes, and she's really big into hemp. She has a hemp business. And this is not hemp that becomes CBD, but hemp that's turned into building products and building supplies. And she said that there's a very symbiotic relationship between hemp and biochar. Do you know anything about that at all? Well, I do know that they're putting biochar to reinforce concrete. And I also uh, learned that it actually reflects EMFs in Mm. that building material which I think was very interesting. And also, um, well, I know hemp, just hemp as the the plant itself helps remineralize the soil. So in that way, it is, um, they're similar. And um, see, I think that the the soil consultant that we've, we've known for a number of years. He's an old, old duffer, but he loves soils. Um, most of his business was for hemp growers Had designed a lot of different soil combinations for hemp growers. And in Oregon, there is a big turbine biochar producer that feeds into the grid and the byproduct, the biochar that they make is designed for hemp growers. Like that's their, that's their biggest uh, client. So are they commercial biochar manufacturers? Yes. That's interesting. Wow. Very yeah. Cool. And Very then, cool. and the, and the energy from the turbine, and that's another aspect of it. The innovation that we've come up with and all we've seen in other farms as they're making biochar, it's high heat capturing that to heat water can go into floor pipes of your house can heat a greenhouse throughout the winter. We've seen people that do that in like high altitude Montana. They have a sauna, they're making biochar and they're heating their greenhouses. So multi-purpose utilization of energy. Yeah. You know, what really blows my mind and it really shouldn't, but what blows my mind is when you look at the dominant paradigm in the green economy and the carbon-based credit system and all the bullshit that they've hooked up. There are so many other unique, visionary, accessible, low-touch tools that we can do and have access to that are way better. They're just way better and they're way more decentralized and independent and that never gets talked about. Like this never gets talked about. And I just, it, and I've been, I've been looking into, you know, what's behind the scenes for a long time. It, and it, it always blows my mind that we just get force fed, whatever this, this paradigm is. And it's really not the most unique or visionary or novel at all. So this is, this is great. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. We did just see yesterday in Australia, they're making biochar out of biosolids. So, so what does that mean? Uh, char out of the poop. Char out of poop. And, oh. uh, wow. So it takes be- out all the 
Human poop, yep. animal poop, all the poop? Poop. Yep. So, go. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no waste. Yeah. No waste, right? None. No. And 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 uh, cleaning up toxic sites. We've seen these like tubes of biochar being dumped in the Great Lakes because mm -hmm. around industry, the lakes are getting destroyed. So, you know, biochar remediation mm -hmm. and that's what it is. Charcoal. Go biochar. Well, well, Jenna, this has right. been great. Thanks for being here. You're and welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I know you've been wanting to do this for a while, and uh, I just I think this was you a good did it. Day. You did it. No, you no, you did it. I just I just hit the switch. Um, well, okay. listen, you, you take care. Have a great weekend, and enjoy this eclipse. And um, somewhere down the line, we'll we'll bring you back on. Maybe we'll talk a little communitarianism, which I know. Will excite the other the other part of your uh, your team there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank right. you. Sounds right. great. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye, Jenna.